What is up? This is Mike Caputo, and welcome to the first episode of the Network Podcast, where we attempt to separate the signal from the noise. This week, we unpack Apple's iPhone event to uncover what new features are going to be in the iPhone, check in on how the iOS 13 and iPadOS beta are going, as well as talk about Disney Plus and really see if they're a threat. We are joined by Daniel Reguera and Holden DePardo this week. Daniel, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yo, my name's Daniel. I am a human being that exists. Uh, no, I've had you on my podcast before. Uh, tequila. Um, we had fun, and I'm excited to be on your podcast. Thanks. Thanks very much, Daniel. Holden, how about you? Hi, I'm Holden. I am also a human being. <laughs> and uh... I'm not sure I buy that. <laughs> <laughs> and I do a podcast called Respawning Fire uh, with my best friend Chad. I also do another podcast with Chad and, uh, and Jesse called Affable Idiots. We just kind of talk about nonsense, whereas Respawning Fire is video games and kind of what we're playing, what's going on in gaming news. I've been on Tequila as well. It's a great show. You should listen to that one, too. Thank you for having me on. All right, great. Thank you very much, guys, for joining for the inaugural Ooh. episode of Network. I felt that word coming on. I felt it. You felt it? Oh, yeah? Yes. In my bones. In your bones. <laughs> Deep in my bones. <laughs> All right, so it's been a very busy week for technology. Apple sent out the invites for the September iPhone event, which we'll talk about first. So the event is September 10th. This is going to be held in Cupertino, California. I myself didn't get an invite. Not sure if either one of you did. Tim Cook called me personally and was like, Holden, hey, do you want to come? <laughs> I'm like, I can't. I'm busy that day. But thanks for thinking about me, Tim. Timmy, I call Tim him Tim Apple himself? <laughs> <laughs> Tim Apple himself called you. Yeah, so no invite. In addition, we'll probably see a live stream of the event on the Apple TV. So let's unpack what we'd normally see at a September event. So first and foremost, we have usually new iPhone hardware. We have the accompanying iOS software. We have some type of Apple Watch update for hardware. In addition to software, we generally don't see Macs or iPads. That's normally held for the later fall event. So give me your thoughts on what you think of the iPhone rumors thus far. Uh... I mean, other than, God, other than the ugliest sin camera module on the back, <laughs> I haven't really looked at much. Um, I have seen some leaks here and there that look like they're flat, like the iPhone 4, but I doubt that's accurate. I, I imagine it's more of a curved bezel. Um, yeah, otherwise, I have not really been keeping up with the leaks, uh, but this, this uh, squared camera module on the back is ugly as sin and i am not a huge fan i have the iphone 10 and i hate the camera module on it as well i kind of wish i had the uh 10r like holden does i was just um, gonna say that small camera bump it's, it's just like it's a tiny little bump and it's a single camera it looks great i like it a lot more um yeah other than that i have no idea what's rumored to be on this phone there really isn't i mean there are I think everything probably has leaked in rumors. Like it has every single time new iPhones have gotten announced in the past several years. Sure. And by several years, I really mean like most iPhone announcements. Um, but it doesn't sound like there's going to be that much. It sounds like it's going to be the improved camera. We don't really know exactly what they're going to do with that third camera in there, but we know obviously it's going to be a, that, that's probably going to be a really big part of this phone considering they're willing to make that. Any, any guesses? Gaudy, as to what it's going to be, um, I, I've Wide heard angle? rumors of like of uh, 3D depth technology, but I heard that was a rumor for the next year's phone. So I'm not really sure what they're doing this year. Uh, there was talk of like mm. the one that actually makes me go, "Oh crap, I should have waited." Is Face ID will work if you're flat on a table? You don't have to like hold it up to your face, which I kind of like that. That um, subtle thing. That's already not, been working for me. Anyway. You know, it, it matters. And then I'm sure it's going to have a new chip that's going to be really powerful and make us question once again: right. When are they going to put it in a Mac? <laughs> and yeah. I think haptic touch is going to be the standard across all the iPhone models. They're going to get rid mm. of 3D touch, which I, I would have said I don't like until I started using an iPhone XR and realized haptic touch with iOS 13, good enough. It does everything I need it to do. <laughs> and in some ways, I think it's better than 3D touch. So a couple of things here. While I was researching the topic for a video, which I'll throw in the show notes, uh, it is going to be live, I think, by the time everyone hears this. In terms of the iPhone XR, the rumors are that the device will get an upgraded panel. It's going to go to an OLED panel, much like the iPhone XS and XS Max. And now the new name of the device is either going to be called the iPhone or quite possibly just the iPhone 11. I don't know. Their, their naming schemes don't make a whole bunch of sense now. They might as well just call it the iPhone 10. Wait, so the one that's this year is just going to be called the iPhone 10? <laughs> no, no, that, that was a joke. They're not what? really going to call it the iPhone 10, but I'm saying. 
that and the iPhone XS and the iPhone XS Max will be called the iPhone Pro and the iPhone Pro Max. <laughs> what? That sounds crazy. That's, that sounds that is awful. That is the the worst. I mean, I, not the worst, but that's pretty. That's pretty bad, man. I think it's not the good. most exciting thing I'm looking forward to the whole keynote now is to hear an executive say all that with a straight face. Yeah, here's right. our new like, iPhone Pro Max. <laughs> I, I, I totally get it, I, and I understand okay. the frustration. It's kind of nonsensical the way that their naming conventions work. But you really had to refactor the name sometime. I mean, you had the iPhone 10, you had the iPhone 10R, the iPhone 10, 10S, and 10S Max. Uh, I mean, it's like the the company, the graphics card company that had you know, the, the graphics card were like 9900, 9950, and then all of a sudden they make a graphics card that's even better with a lower number. It it just doesn't, you know. The naming scheme was pretty bad. Yeah. A uh, Nikon, I mean, as a camera person, Nikon went from the D90 to like, and then the hundreds are the like the pro ones. But then uh, now the semi, the like enthusiast ones went from the 10 digits, like 40, 70, 80, 90 to like 5,400 and like seven tw- like 7,200. And it's like, what is going on with this naming convention? This is starting to like, to avoid that kind of thing. I get it. It's kind of like how, they previously referred to every iteration of the software as, you know, uh, uh, OS 10 or what is it? Uh, I'm blanking on it. Yeah. OS 10, right. Instead of Mac OS. Right. Um, and then same thing with windows 10. Now they're still calling it windows 10 and it's an iterative, uh, you know, software, but it's still windows 10. So I get, I get it. I get it. I get it. It's just calling the cheap one, the 10, and then calling the nice one, I guess calling it a pro is, I don't know how I feel about that. Honestly, (laughs) It'd just be much simpler if they just yeah. went to, it's iPhone, well, so, and it comes in different sizes, is it, just like there's MacBook Pro that comes in different sizes. Right. So, like the MacBook Pro, is it going to be like, you know, iPhone ten and then year, mo- year model, like year name or whatever? Like iPhone ten 2019, iPhone ten 2020, iPhone ten yeah, way, et cetera, way more et cetera. sense. It'd be far easier. Especially when the differences it's like between the year. year on year matter less. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so 3d touch, uh, I don't, I don't know if, if, uh, Mike, you wanted to, to keep talking about what you were saying, but I was going to say something about 3d touch, which is that I never use it and I hate it. Um, so what do you hate about rid it? Of it? Is it the, not necessarily the functionality, but how to interact with it or is it the actual functionality? Just all the, when it first came out as a designer, I was like, Ooh, this might be an interesting new way to interact with apps. And every time I use it, the apps don't take care, like, like for instance, I'm doing it on Twitter right now, and it's like new tweet, new message, capture. It's like I'll just open the app. Like I don't know, there's nothing there that's groundbreaking to me, and it always gets in the way when I'm trying to, uh, you know, like move my apps around and stuff. Um, I don't know. I've never used it or liked it. So Daniel, you're running the beta on your iPad, correct? Yes. Have you tried using 3D Touch on your iPad? No, I haven't actually. Whether or not the device is going to be natively had 3D touch or not, all devices are going to be haptic touch capable as long as the device can run iOS 13. Okay. What I've always liked about 3D touch was it was kind of like a wormhole, like these little shortcuts that you could click on and tunnel you into different shortcuts in the app that most people didn't know about. Yeah, and for, like, I don't know, so using the specific example of Twitter, like, the only one here that I think is useful is new tweet. Like, there's search, new tweet, new message, capture. I'm not taking a picture in Twitter right now. And share Twitter. The share this app option is the dumbest of them all, I, I think, because I never... Now, I think. Let me see. I never do that. Um, I'm finding out. No, it's still there. It's still there. I don't know. Do y'all use it? I'd never use I'd never time. hit that. <laughs> every Seriously, day every day i'll get a handful of examples one when you're in like the messages app for example you can just hold down on the person's face and you get the option to call them or sort of video chat i like that a lot i use it all the time it's easier than enough. going into the chat hitting like the little tiny arrow at the top to reveal you know audio facetime info and then hitting audio from there it's faster the buttons are bigger as well which is appreciated that's a useful one i think the best one though is when you have the keyboard opened up hold down on the space bar and you can move the cursor around like a trackpad oh that is the only one i ever use and on gboard it's um it behaves a little differently than the default uh 
Apple mm-hmm. one. But yeah, that's the only actual use of uh, of the, the 3D Touch that I actually love and use all the time. Yep. So to expand on what Holden's saying there, if you go in the message thread, sorry, if you go into messages and look at the individual threads here, you can force touch on the individual th- threads and see pre-canned messages based on the context of the thread. You, you have both options. So if you hold down oh. in the, like, I'm looking at our chat right now. It's just like Michael and David, and then you sent us a link to, to, to your video on the September event. Uh, if you hold down on that text, then you get those options. But if you hold down on the little picture to the left, you get the options to, I, I like uh, to uh, communicate in different ways. Oh, yeah, I, cool. I thought it was missing for a while, but it, it they I think they maybe brought it back or maybe I didn't know what it was doing. I don't know, but I use that one all the time. Tim Apple bringing it back. Thanks, Timmy. <laughs> My favorite hmm. thing about that whole thing, just side tangent, is that he changed his name on Twitter to Tim Apple temporarily. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Tim Apple trolling our president. Oh, absolutely. And I do... Uh, nice. Just, uh, ha- haptic touch. I do think it's useful to see the previews. Like, when I'm... Like, let's say I Googled something and I hold down on the link. Um, seeing that little preview of the page is nice, but also getting the option to share, open it in a new tab, all that shows up now as well. And where I think haptic touch is, touch is better is that you used to have to, like, hold, like, push down, and then slide your finger to choose the option you wanted. And then when you let go, you would do it. And now you can just hold down, let go, and the options are still there, which makes it a little bit more, a little, a little easier to figure oh, out. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Cool. I think in that case it's improved. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So back to the iPhone. Now they're doing the name change, which we talked about, and the iPhone XR is going to get that upgraded display. In addition, it's supposed to get a second camera. So yep. So now in addition to having the wide-angle lens, you're going to get a telephoto lens where you're going to be able to do that kind of the, the, the traditional way of capturing portrait mode photos using both lenses. So they're all going to have ugly modules on them. Yeah, well, so I totally agree with you that the camera bump is pretty ugly, especially if the renders turn out to be true. But, like, in thinking through the technical design and doing research for the video, what I learned was yeah. that there are many things that are going into iOS 13 that were previewed at WWDC, which, you know, makes sense, right? That's what it's for. But there's, uh, there's like, video messaging where you're going to be able to see what I see. Yeah, so you'll be able to go ahead and, you know, open up your camera and basically enable both cameras to capture video, whether it's both back cameras, a front camera... And- and a back camera, and also you're going to get omnidirectional audio, which wasn't available before. But I think to a larger extent, the question I come up with is, do people really even care about this? Like, are these upgrades meaningful to people, everyday people who are using their phones? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's, that is a good question that um, I don't want to say that we are, like, unqualified to answer, but it's hard to answer. Um like if people actually use a lot of these like, you know, high, uh, high technical, uh, aspects of the, you know, the features of the phone. Um, that is a good question. I do not know. I would say that the, the one thing that most people want in a phone is just like longer battery yeah, life at this point. Absolutely. I think there's a rumor that the batteries are going to be bigger too, actually. Yeah. That's the one thing I saw is that the batteries would be larger and like one, but that doesn't actually mean the battery is going to be better. 10. It could be that this new A-series chip is more power-hungry, and they have to power hungry, with yeah. a, a bigger battery. Um, going to the, the camera bump on the back, um, I feel like this is, conversation sounds like the notch conversation. Where it's like, because I, I was super opposed to the notch. I'm like, I will never buy a phone with a notch. It's the ugliest thing ever. I don't know how people can use a phone that has that notch. And now that I have a 10R with a notch, I don't even think about the notch. It's just not a thing. And I wonder if, yeah. like... I, I do think about the camera bump, though, because I, I like taking my phone out of the case every once in a while just to hold it. And I, I noticed the hell out of that bump. <laughs> so, I don't know. Daniel, I just picture you taking your phone out and like cradling it like it's a little baby, saying, "I don't want anything to happen to you, my little phone." Let's be very careful. That's exactly how I hold now. it all the time. Let's be gentle. Don't don't drop right. the baby. <laughs> okay. Side question, Holden, do you use a case? No. What about you, Daniel? Yes. Ooh. I have one. In ca- Tempting fate, there, if buddy. If I go like on a hike or something like that, where I know it's uh, rockier, pun intended, I will bring a case, and I have a case for that, but. I'm hanging around the house. I'm not worried. 
That's fair. I used to do like you hold it, and then whenever I drank, I would make sure to put it on. <laughs> that's that probably is the, the move. move. I did so. I I did crack my Pixel too because I, I was uh, a little inebriated and dropped my phone. And didn't realize it till the next day that it was cracked. Blame it on the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. So other than, you know, the two new iPhones coming, they're presumably we're going to be getting new Apple Watch hardware. And Daniel, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you were getting or you were interested in getting an Apple Watch? That was Holden. But um, I will – no, it's cool. I will uh, say that – so uh, I think a year ago we were having this conversation, Holden and I and someone else. Maybe it was just him and I. Um, where Holden, I remember you – I don't know if I want to call it a prediction, but it was like an analogy where you said that – the. The Apple Watch that came out last year was to iPhone as the iPhone yeah, 4 was um, in yeah. terms of like it. Yeah. And you're like, hmm, how do you do you stand by that? Do you think that's still the case? I'm curious yeah, as to I, your I take. Yeah, I still would say that's, that's the take. And to support that further, I actually bought an Apple Watch today, a Series 4. Uh, Which series one? Four, um, stainless okay. steel, um, black. Very excited about it. Because it was – okay. I forget how the price points work. Is stainless steel still like the yeah, higher the tier? Higher. I, one, I, I had or? a stainless steel Series Zero, and I just really prefer the feel of it. I just like the way it looks, and I'm like, if I want to have another watch for that long, I'd like to get one that's like that. Um, Remember when they had like rose gold as an option, like literal yep. rose? Like it was $10, like ten thousand dollars actual with a gold. Band. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. That lasted a long time. Um, um, I know, right? But I, I got it because. It was $100 off at Best Buy because Labor Day weekend sales. And I'm like, why not what? I don't think they're nice. going to do anything crazy with the iPhone. Wait, so how much total? Um, with Apple Care and everything, it was like 750 Yeah. Actually, that was... Oof. It was 800 with the Apple Care. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, basically, I'm, I'm just like, if it's $100 off... I'm still going to get a watch as a huge jump up from the Series Zero that I had before, and sure. if iPhone, you know, not iPhone, if watch uh, Series Five really is like crazy, I can just return this and then get that one when that comes out. So I'm kind of like sure. playing both games, if you will. But I also just don't have a fear that I'm going to see anything in the Series Five that's crazy. Um, and I feel like if you think about the four minus Siri in the four S, what was really the big deal? Siri in the four S came out really wasn't that great. So it really wasn't a lot about the four S that I think really made it stand out in a huge way. In terms of like new design sure. and things like that, because I think the Apple watch series sure. four, where I think like, yeah, it kind of hit that mark of finally being like the perfect iPhone, the iPhone four. And this is kind of like the perfect watch as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like it was more uh, like refined, yeah. and the edges were kind of like refined off. And I mean, I don't, I don't mean that literally. I mean metaphorically. But I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. this also has a lot of those like 4s kind of benefits too. Like it has the 64-bit chip for the first time in an Apple Watch. It's got like the Tappic end engine built into it. It's got um, the improved display. It actually has better battery life because of the um, display. New- a lot of new display technology that's uh, more resource efficient. Like it has all these things in the back end that are also typical of an S cycle. So, like, what are they right. going to do this year? I really don't know. I mean, there's literally been rumors that Apple might not even do a Series Five because they don't have to. We know at this point that that's probably not going to happen because there are already some uh, new filings for an Apple Watch. Or there's a. It's just going to be called Series Four in perpetuity. <laughs> like the phone. So I'm just not worried. I'm not worried, and I feel like it still matches the iPhone. Four, but I don't think that this next watch will match the 4S in terms of what the 4S brought to the table. Sure. Sure. So I think the thing that's probably been the most changing for me in terms of the Apple Watch is wearing it every day and getting it integrated into kind of my lifestyle, health and fitness tracking, where I think it's probably more mm-hmm. the number one selling point why most people at least are brought into the watch initially. And I've got like, what's kind of fun Mm -hmm. uh, is that everyone in my family that has an Apple watch, which is probably like two thirds of them. We all kind of have this little activity circle where we're competing with everyone, you know, one another kind of taunting everybody to see, you know, who's doing better, who's doing worse, who got, you know, who burned the most uh, calories that day. And it actually makes it a little bit more fun. (laughs) Interesting. So I I have not really been 
personally, sold on the smartwatch thing. I have had, I kind of rode uh, Pebble, and I still like rode Pebble on their wave before they got bought by Fitbit, and then they got bought by Fitbit, and I still kind of have them around. And there's a, um, there's like a third party um, group of folks that were former Pebble employees that uh, keep the Pebble up and running, all the Pebble watches that are out. So I have a couple Pebbles, and then I have one Fitbit. But um, yeah, for the for the the only like real use case that I can see for smartwatches right now is fitness. Um, and even then, me personally, I don't really care for it. I just I normally I'm used to just like going to the gym and doing what I do. Um, and the tracking portion, I don't really care about. I don't know. It's not it, like I've worn the I got the Versa just because it was. Um, uh, I got it pretty cheap on eBay, and I th- it was the most advanced Fitbit watch, um, and I wanted to check it out for like fitness stuff. And um, while it is nice to see all the the metrics on there, I it didn't really like motivate me, which like not to knock y'all for being motivated or not by it, you know, but um, just for me personally, it didn't really change any habits for me. Um, and otherwise, I just like wearing regular automatic watches, but because uh, I'm a nerd, it's yeah, cool. I, you like classic watches. Yeah, I like classic watches too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like right now, I'm wearing like a a classic uh, Soviet watch that I got. That's really cool. But um, I don't know. I don't like. I and I get the use case. I mean, like I remember, was it the Series Three or so that was really good for swimming? That it had that little like spit Series out two. water feature on the speakers. Oh, that was the two. Damn. Okay. Um, yeah. I I like. I think that's all really cool. But it's, I don't know. It never really appealed to me much. Um, Holden, what is like, do you have? Is your use case also health for the most um, part? I say it's that's the thing is having a series zero. I didn't really use the watch for that much because it was so slow, and just made mm. doing anything impractical on it. And so, sure. yeah, my main utility for it was health because the only thing didn't require me to actively use the watch itself. Right, you're kind of just wearing exactly. it as you do something. And I'm hoping. That yeah. and what I've already noticed is that the Series Four is so much faster that I can actually see myself doing things on the watch itself. Mm. Mm. And then, uh, Mike, which one do you have? Do you have the Four or the Three or what? I have the, the Series Four. Okay. I just found that out beforehand. There you go. And then, for I mean, aside from health, or I mean, like maybe within health, what are you? What are you doing with it? I'm curious. It's going to be activity. So when I was really working out the gym, I would use my heart rate monitor, connect it to the watch itself, use it to track my workouts. I'd wear it when I was going swimming, kind of part, you know part of the workouts as well. There's quite a few apps that integrate into the watch and can track your activity or your workouts. Uh, you know, using the watch itself without having to carry your phone with you. And like I said just a moment ago, I like to kind of bypass the internal heart rate monitor on the watch and use an external heart rate monitor kind of wrapped around my chest or as a chest strap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, One mm-hmm. thing that is nice about having a Series 4 now, too, is there's the competitions aspect, which is just a software thing, but I didn't have any access to that with the Series 0. So, like, my dad has an Apple Watch, mm. and he just sent me an invitation to compete. So for the next week, we'll, we'll accumulate points by reaching certain percentages of our move, stand, and exercise goals. Mm. And that's just I think it's a nice gotcha. motivator that I didn't have in the last Apple Watch. Purely because of software, and eventually they had to cut it off. But it's nice to have that now. So it's kind gotcha. of more, just more features okay. on the activity side too on on the newer watch. Okay, and then so Mike, aside from the fitness stuff, what do you find yourself? I mean, like, do you find yourself like dictating text to it uh, or anything like that? Probably the most other used or most used use case that I have is where I use the watch as an assistant, and I have almost zero notifications on That's my very, watch, very I gotcha. except Excellent. for the things that are really kind of important to me. And when those notifications for my watch, I know it's something that I should be looking at because that's how I have it configured or set up. So yeah, health and fitness are probably the two most, you know, my primary two use cases that I'm using now. Sure. Yeah, the the assistant, that's a really good way of putting it. The assistant functionality is really nice. Like I don't have any notifications turned on at all for, like honestly for Twitter. I don't have Twitter turned on for my watch. Like I'll go to my phone when I want to see Twitter. Um Things, something like that. But on top of that, I really wish you could turn off certain, like, like in email, for example. Like, I want to have my email on, but I'd like to be able to turn it off for not just my VIPs. Include other things in there, too. Hmm. Yeah, speaking of VIPs, it would be great if there's some kind of system-wide VIPs. 
you know, that live just outside of the mail app. Yeah, like tag by contact or something throughout the system. Yeah. Hmm. So, like, for you, Mike, is it like when, I don't know, like, Laura calls you or something? Like, that, that'll come up kind of thing? <laughs> yeah, blocked. <laughs> Denied. So one of the cool things that you can do is that when you get an incoming call on your wrist is that you can take your hand and cover your watch face and it will go ahead and silence your watch Ooh, that's and send fun. that person to voicemail. <laughs> yeah, but all of my phone calls and all the phone calls from the Apple Watch or from the iPhone get sent to your Apple Watch automatically. Uh, there's no way to you know only selectively send some of the calls or for certain people or certain contacts to your wrist. Okay. One thing I could add is that I do have the cellular version, and it's not something that I use all the time. I normally turn it on and off during the summer months. Honestly, there's there's not really a there's not many use cases that I come across where I am using my watch. Uh, you know, I'm out and about using my watch without my phone. And I think that maybe the primary one is if I you know I go bike riding, I don't want to carry my phone and my watch. I'll just go ahead and, you know, throw my AirPods into my, or in my ears, not on my ears, that would be funny, and go out, you know, on a bike ride, a bicycle, not like a motorcycle, uh, you know, while uh, listening to podcasts yeah. or listening yep. to music. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, I, I turn off so many notifications on my phone, such that only like badges show up and I don't even like anything in my, uh, my pull down shade. Um, so I can't, I don't know, I can't imagine other than phone calls wanting to be interrupted or like notified of anything on my wrist. Um, I did have caveat. I did. I left out. I had a, uh, from the guy who I told y'all started, uh, tequila with me. He's one of those types that, um, I love him to death, but, uh, I'll complain about him as well. He, uh, is the type of like rich kid who gets the new gadget and then we'll get bored of it within like three months. So I would always get his hand me down (laughs) gadgets. And I got the motor 360 when it first came out. Um, and I, I remember really liking certain aspects of it, like, um, you know, you can pre-program certain, like, canned responses on the text messaging, which was cool, but it's all, I don't know, I don't want to use the word gimmicky, but you have to be, like, really into it and really, um, I don't know, you have, to, you have to be an advocate for for that kind of, like, bleeding-edge technology to try to, um, like, fit, help these companies figure out the use cases, basically, you know what I mean? Like... I don't know. We're kind of piloting the use cases for these. The only like legitimate use case I see for a smartwatch right now at the moment is really just health and fitness. And there might be some fun stuff like you put your hand over it to to go to voicemail. That is genuinely really fun. I remember with the Moto 360, if you wanted the light to turn off, you would do the same motion and it would turn the light off uh, until you woke it with the button. So that's what you would do in the movie theater. Um, and I don't know. This stuff's fun. But other than health, I don't really see anything like groundbreaking I- with these. Is that no, a, so am I, I wrong I to say that? I agree with you, but let me offer a different angle on that. Um, sure. If, like, consider the difference of using your Mac versus using your iPhone. You use your iPhone when you want to do something for a few minutes. Re- maybe people use their phone for hours on end, but like reasonably, something you want to just do a few minutes on. A Mac is something you use yeah. for potentially hours, and a smartwatch is something sure. you use for seconds. So it's really not that it's like doing things that you're that your phone can't do just like your Mac and iPhone are doing similar things. It's just about the use, the, the usage time that kind of distinguishes them. You know, the watch is nice because I just want to respond to the text message in a second. I don't want to have to sure. fully engage. And I think that's kind sure. of where the use but case I, I is think for a smartwatch. There's no comparable to use your same, uh, to use your same analogy. There's no comparable paradigm shift though, in terms of like, you know, pre smartphone, uh, to get on the internet, you had to use like a Palm Pilot, mm-hmm. like that ugly thing. Um, and having a smartphone was like truly revolutionary to have like the internet on the go. I, like I don't see what niche this is filling in terms of like, and uh, this is probably a really high expectation of it uh, that I'm setting, like a high, really high bar of like be as revolutionary as an iPhone or a smartphone. <laughs> go, like I, it's like it's gonna be really hard. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's not really doing anything like that, and I'm sure, like for fitness, it totally makes sense. Yeah, and you're right there. Fitness and health is the, is the killer app, and I think we're gonna have like a, a, a yeah over time, we're gonna have a lot of 
new functionality and new health sensors added to the watch that continue that well it's really just for health and it's we're just going to continue that conversation by like there's rumors of blood sugar um sensors that are going to come into the watch there's rumor of blood pressure sensors right. that are come to the watch like right now it has the ecg which is like yeah it's one thing but it is kind of nice to be able to like hey doc uh this is the data i've been collecting for the past on my heart for the past you know several months how's it looking right are you concerned and it does have that uh Help, I've fallen, and I can't get up yeah, life alert exactly, thing for old exactly. people. It fills in those things, but they're all niches. And I think that, like I was kind of getting at with the right. whole like Mac to the iPhone comparison, you use a Mac and iPhone for whatever niches speak to you. Like, we're recording audio right now because that's the sure. niche that speaks to us, but my mom doesn't do that. But she still right. uses a Mac. And I think it's the same kind right. of thing, where right. I think... You know, in the time of an iPhone coming out, we didn't really have that multitude of general purpose devices like we have now. And so I think the watch really has to be mm-hmm. this general purpose device that does so much that it makes you question what its killer functionality really is. Because that's kind of just where we are with our technology now. Everything's pretty much a general purpose device. Yep. So, so one thing, hold on, I just got my stand notification, so I do need to stand during this podcast. So I don't want that to distract us here. <laughs> got to hit my rings. If you're the real Slim Shady. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that was just good. It's, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in terms of context-based computing, it's totally easier for you as an individual to kind of glance at your watch and get this little kind of nugget of information opposed to pulling out your phone and going like, you know, yeah. oh, you want to look at your phone for something, you know, you want to right. check an email from work and all of a sudden you right, just right, spent right. 45 minutes on Instagram. It's like, what the hell happened? Sure. So I think the watch helps pull you out or maybe not necessarily, it doesn't allow you by kind design like a shallow way to of go that deep. On purpose. Yes. It's, it, it's intentionally shallow. I do right. think, you know, one of the other things about health is that, you know, Apple Health is integrated where... You know, I go to the doctor at my, you know, my, my hospital or, you know, another doctor that's within my medical group and all that data is pulled into Apple Health. And now, you know, uh, maybe since iOS 12 or, you know, maybe in iOS 13, but Apple is doing machine learning on that data. And then from there, that's giving me suggestions, uh, you know, on my Apple watch, which is actually what kind of cool. suggestions. Like, what does that mean when they're doing very machine? Like, what kind of things Daniel. are they <laughs> you know what, Daniel? That, that's a very personal question. I don't know if I feel comfortable talking about that with you. <laughs> so if you go into the activity app on your iPhone and there's this new section called trends where it will go ahead and look at your data. You know, you have, how are you progressing in terms of like maybe seven or eight different key metrics? So, you know, what's your move goal? Where are you trending over the past 90 days or the past 365 days? Exercise, distance, stand, uh, minutes of stand per hour, cardio fitness, running pace, walking pace, and the number of hours uh, that you're standing. Now, that information is going to come from either different health sensors uh, or it's going to come from different mm. apps. And what's cool, you know, even like uh, with iOS 13, they're now doing, uh, you know, volume detection or your environment, uh, the volume of your ambient environment. That's that's genuinely, no, that sounds awesome, actually. I truly like that. You can even make it a complication on your watch face and, just, and see the decibel levels at all times. It's like every concert yeah, ever. Yeah, don't go to basically. concerts ever. Your watch will be tapping you like, dude, get out of this room. Get out of the room right now. Yeah. <laughs> you can't handle this. Be like, I have earplugs. Don't worry, watch. <laughs> Apple earplugs. That's the next Good. one. And so you, you laugh. But even in iOS 13, <laughs> if you're using you know first-party uh, headphones like AirPods or you know some type of Beats headphones, they will measure the uh, you know whether or not your headset volume is too loud. Yeah. Mm. I have the beta for... Th- so my my dad is in my watch. Gotcha. <laughs> I have iOS 13. This is my dad all the time. it doesn't work with my Sony headphones. I don't know why. What do you mean it doesn't work? Like it won't connect uh, yeah, to your Bluetooth headphones? Yeah, it's really upsetting because that sounds like great functionality. And I always question, do I listen to my music too loud? I Which headphones? I always ask myself that question. But I can't... Are they a relatively new pair? Uh, Which ones are you talking Sony, about? They um, MX... The M3, yeah, no, it's like they're noise-canceling Bluetooth. So, like, the fancy new... Oh, no, the over-the-ear, not the fancy new... Like No, no, the ones are they're over-ear. Okay. And I'm going back in the app, I don't, I don't see anything. It just doesn't work with all headphones, but if they're wired headphones, it sounds like it'll work in all cases if it's wired headphones. Hmm. Okay. 
Interesting. Yeah, I th- here's the description in the um, health app. This represents the volume of your headphone audio measured in A-weighted decibels. It can be helpful to understand how long you're exposed to loud um, audio, as this can affect your hearing. Headphone audio levels can be added to health automatically by your devices. These measurements are um, most accurate when using Apple or Beats headphones. Audio played through other headphones or speakers connected via wire can be estimated based on the volume of your device. Dr. Dre's making so much money right now. (laughs) (laughs) Beats everywhere. Um... Okay, that is an interesting feature. <laughs> so I think we kind of beat the topic to Fosh. death here regarding the new iPhone. Beat no, uh, no pun intended with talking about headphones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about Steve Jobs coming back to life, though. That's yeah, it's going to be like the two-pack hologram. is going to be great. Yeah. I just said two-pack. I would like it to be known. I pronounced it <laughs> like a 60-year-old man. It's Tupac. Uh, I'm sorry. I listen to hip-hop. I know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> I would like so- Who's that two-pack guy? Uh, now, let's just check in on... On the betas, you know, that crazy two-pack guy running iOS 13. Uh, are either of you running the betas? It sounds like, you know, Daniel, you are, and Holden, you are as well. How's it going in terms of stability? On the iPad, yeah. No problems for the most part. There's like some – I'm having some issues on the iPad, but they're minor. Um, there's like the, you know, the messages app acting a little funny sometimes. Um and I'd have to just like kill it and reopen it. Um, the browser that I'm using, uh, which is Brave, uh, that behaving a little funny, but um, I imagine they're working on it since it is a beta. Um, so you know, not much to complain about. It is uh, overall, I really like it on the iPad. I think it's super interesting. Um, but again, we're talking about. Uh, I think the last time we spoke uh, on Tequila, we were talking about with uh, Holden. You know, like hard fork versus soft fork, and. Uh, I guess this is like the beginning of a hard fork. I don't know. It's, you know, cause it's still iOS. I, I don't know how exactly to like what paradigm to use to describe it, but I like where they're going. I like it a lot. Um, I haven't tried Mike. Have you tried connecting a uh, drive to like, does it work in beta or do we have to wait for the public drop? So it does work in the beta that I've tried. Most SSDs okay. that I've tried work like con- conventional platter drives don't work. Yeah, so for the, the conventional drives, you know, the, the platter uh-huh. drives that I've used, they seem to be just drawing, well, I mean, they're drawing too much power, uh, and they will turn on, spin up, and then spin down after five or six seconds. Mm. Okay, so you can't use, so does that apply for, no, not for portable hard disk drives, but for like the desktop ones that require some juice? So Apple makes, uh, you know, accessories that connect to traditional USB-A and that are powered, but still they these will not stay on. Yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. That said, the Samsung T5 drive I have and the what was the brand the brand name of the other one I have I forget at the moment, but those SSD drives work and they're connecting over USB C instead of USB A, which is really kind of a nice feature because you can expand your storage right. on your iPhone or iPad by connecting an external drive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would always for photography, I would always use a, an external. Um, I have like a small hard disk drive, which is why I I ask about the small portable guys as opposed to the big ones. Um, I will try it out and check. Um, so you're, you're saying that folks might use hard drives with their iPhones now too. So two things are going to come of this either, you know, you're going to see drive manufacturers make, you know, hard drives that have, you know, lightning connectors, which probably not, that doesn't really make sense from a licensing perspective, but two really, you see that kind of broad support of... It's crazy that they would allow that on anything other than an iPad. I mean, like, I wonder if folks... I'm sure folks will use it. And, yeah, I mean, you're you're right to posit, like, what is going to happen now. Um, that's actually super interesting. I never thought about people using their phone with it. I wouldn't do it, but <laughs> it would be interesting. Yeah, so just to be clear, right, for the folks listening, you know, it's not just your iPad that you can connect external storage to or even a lightning-based iPad. It's a USB-C iPad or even, you know, the current iPhones. Yeah, absolutely. No, that actually sounds like a, like a much uh, like faster way to, you know, at least like get a preview or start editing them with like Lightroom on the phone kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is quite possible that Apple just doesn't want to restrict people from using external storage at all. And so just to bring it back to what we talked about in the beginning with the iPhone Pro, that's going to be focused on, you know, kind of enhanced camera quality, enhanced video quality, where people will need some type of external media 
uh, excuse me, external media to go ahead and offload the content that's being recorded on these devices because they're recording such high quality or high capture quality. Okay, so outside of you know the invites, we talked about iOS 13, we talked about the you know new feature set for the iPhones and the Apple Watch. Let's shift gears here a bit and talk about our favorite subject, which we were talking about before the show, and that's Disney Plus. Now, for those of you who weren't aware, you know, Disney had an event this week uh, called D23s when they announced, kind of gave more details of the upcoming Disney Plus service. It's going to be available in more markets outside the U.S. I think for the first time it's going to be available in Canada and the Netherlands, which like never happens. Uh, But there's also discounts on uh, Disney Plus is giving discounts for people who go ahead and sign up. I think it's going to be huge. I think it's going to be a really big deal. And I think that Netflix should be concerned. They probably are. Yeah, Netflix is not doing as well as you'd expect. They are hemorrhaging money. They spend billions and billions. They're losing, I should say, billions and billions every year, every quarter. They they announce that they've overspent, essentially. And I just don't think the content's there. I think they make so much crap. There's very little that interests me on Netflix right now in terms of their original content. Yeah. And as soon as I saw that Mandalorian trailer and saw that, man, the production values are just as good as a Star Wars movie, but it's a TV show. I'm like, damn, Disney's going to kill it. Yeah. So yeah, what I had read cool. was that, you know, how there was the the every other year Star Wars movie and the every other year kind of the Star Wars universe movie. Uh, after Solo was released and didn't do, you know, that well, I don't know, it was an okay movie. Uh, that the the Bubba Fett movie that was being yeah. made was kind of pulled off from being a movie and put into being a show, which accounts for its really really high production value. Other than you know Disney having all the money in the world. Wait, so now what is the you brought up the discount earlier, and I have not looked at the price. What is the price for the discount that you messaged us earlier? So when you, when you buy Disney Plus, it's six ninety nine a month subscription, or if you do a year up front, it's sixty nine ninety nine. So you're effectively getting you know two months free. If you were to you know go to D23 or go onto the website and register for D23, you're going to get the service for four dollars a month, but you got to buy three years up front. Which oh okay yeah I might I might do this. You have to pay for three years though, so it's like 150 bucks. Dang, that's a lot of bucks. Get the discount. Gotcha. Okay, so the deal is three years up front, and I mean that's still a good discount for something that I don't know, like. Uh... I don't know. What do y'all think? I mean, I I want to think that it's worth it, considering the content. I actually think that seven bucks a month anyway. It's already kind of a steal. And this is kind of what's going on with Netflix. Is screwed. Netflix is like you know f- comparable for a number of streams and yeah. and the quality of the stream. It's like thirteen bucks. Yeah, actually, it's like sixteen bucks for Netflix to get four four K streams. I mean, it's kind of hard. Imagine talking about the competition. I mean, like this is Disney. Like this is like you know the the South Park joke where they're just eating up. Franchise, but Disney franchise wants all your money. And, you know, becoming a huge conglomerate like mm-hmm. that, competing with that is a tall order. Um, but also, you're right. I don't know the the. I haven't really been paying attention to any of the original series lately, but I haven't really heard any like buzz about them like you did back when you know Orange Is the New Black came out or some of those others. Um, I mean, they have Stranger Things, but that's oh yeah, of, Stranger Things is pretty solid. I think it's kind of like the exception that proves the rule. Like, oh, can you name anything else right now? Uh, not anything Besides right now. Stranger Things. Orange is the New Black got weird. They got some stand-up specials. Oh, boy. No one else will pick up stand-up specials. Right, right. So, Holden, you know, you touched on it earlier, but if you are the type of person who is, you, you're a Netflix subscriber and you're wondering whether or not you should, you know, ditch Netflix for Disney+, Plus, there's a really good chance that, you, you know, the type of content that's on Disney+, Plus and the type of content that's on Netflix really don't overlap to a high degree. And that, excuse me, and that that content is going to be different. So, you know, you're not going to find the same, you know, either, you know, uh, R-rated content that you're going to find on Disney Plus because that's not part of Disney's core value and that's not what they – that's not the part of the service that they sell. They're selling family-friendly content that everyone can enjoy. No, I think you're, you're totally right. But I think that's where mm. HBO is profitable. They fill in that, that niche. Hulu is profitable. They fill in that niche. Apple Plus, I think, will – I mean, we'll really yet to see exactly what Apple Plus – Apple TV Plus really is. But I feel like based on what we saw at the morning show, they're going to kind of delve into a, a more mature type of show as well. The morning show looks fantastic, by the way. That's kind of their premiere show right now. 
and that doesn't seem like they're holding back. That seems like they're talking about big issues in the in the in the world right now. Um, so you're totally right. Disney is filling in that niche, but I think that what this proves is that you're going to have these production companies that still release movies that will help offset the cost of their streaming services. So they don't have to make as much money off of Disney Plus as Netflix has to make off of Netflix. Hmm. That's a really good point. I think at $7 a month, Disney has to know that they are disadvantaged in terms of market share. They're going to be disadvantaged in terms of market share because of the time that they're coming in with their new service, which is why it's going to be so aggressively priced in comparison to, you know, Netflix, uh, Amazon, and, you know, the the rest of it, which kind of questions, you know, where is Apple going to come in? Really kind of effectively meaning that Disney really needs to undercut, you know, all of its competitors, which, you know, they're doing at $6.99 a month, especially by offering this deal now in order to get a piece of the pie. Because when they come out, right, you know, uh, Apple TV Plus is going to be on the market. If they don't undercut, there's a very good chance that they won't even be in the consideration pool because... People already have too many, you know, they already have too many subscriptions or subscription fatigue, and they want to get some part of consumer spending. Yeah, I had thought about that. No, that's that's yeah, a that's totally a good right. analysis. Um, and the the undercutting is really, I mean, like again, they're Disney; they can afford to do this, you know. Um, and Netflix didn't they up their prices? Uh, was it a year ago? Yeah, a year ago, and I think it went to effect for some people recently too. Yeah, but they cited their increasing, um, uh, their increasing costs for yeah. producing all of the shows that they produce that no one seems to really care about. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was just going to say, this does seem cool. The shows do seem cool, but uh, Holden's right that it, it, uh, yeah. it, it depends on how many cool shows there are you know, that I will subscribe. The only reason I've stayed on HBO is because HBO has, actually has a pretty good catalog of stuff. Great catalog. Um, TV shows in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Like Barry is so good. Um, it's so good. We just started watching Barry. We started watching, uh, well, we finished what is available of Barry. We just started watching Los Espookies, which is amazing. It's hilarious. Um, it's like a comedy that's uh, supposed to be based in Mexico, and um, like Fred Armisen and Michael Lauren are, are part of oh, it. Okay, that's um, good. As like show writers. But uh-huh. it's, it's so good. The premise is that there's these kids who like do like um, very spooky. Uh, you know, like exorcism type stuff, uh, artificially, and like they get paid for it. Um, as like, a, but it's it's so funny. It's really good. Anyway, um, to, to going off the value of Disney Plus as well, though, um, there's also the bundle that they have, which is Disney Plus, Hulu with advertising, okay. and ESPN Plus, and that's all twelve ninety nine, and that sounds like one wow. of the best deals in streaming right now because it offers something that no one else is really doing. Disney Plus, really high-quality content, from what it seems like right now. Obviously, it hasn't come out yet, but it seems like, from what we've seen, really high-quality content. Hulu is current television. So if you want to watch shows that are coming out as they yeah. come out, Hulu's there for that. And then sports. No one else has sports. And that's right. huge. And right. we'll have to wait for the cable contracts to end with um, with the uh, the major, major sport, uh, sporting agencies, but... Once those contracts are up, they're going to be on the table for for these streaming platforms to to start bidding on, and Disney already seems to be aware of that, at least just through action that we've seen. And ESPN Plus is five dollars. I don't, I don't remember who. How much is Hulu with ads? Uh, I know they're doing a deal right now where it's like three bucks, but I think it's also seven bucks a month. Gotcha. In that ballpark, at gotcha. least. it's significantly less than Netflix. Is the point. Ha, ball, ballpark, ESPN. By the way, <laughs> shout out to ESPN eight, the say, Ocho yeah. from Dodgeball. If you want to watch all the best dodgeball, you got to go to the Ocho. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like they're they're broadcasting the bocce ball tournament live. <laughs> <laughs> they're playing Chinese checkers. Let's let's follow along. <laughs> So to summarize, it sounds like to some degree, both of you are interested in purchasing Disney Plus, but the three-year deal doesn't really sound like it's that good of a deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a lot up front. 
And if I, I don't know, if I knew that there's a huge catalog of stuff that I would watch regularly, then maybe it's worth that price up front. But up front is a lot to ask, especially because I'm getting married soon. So, uh, yeah, yeah probably that, not. that wedding process is expensive. And it's also, just don't do it, man. <laughs> just, just elope, man. Um, if Disney thing. Plus didn't cost $7 per month and it costs more than that, maybe I'd consider going for like a discount. But like, yeah, what Daniel said, I agree with. I just don't know it's going to be there in two years. So I don't know if that third year is even going to be worth right. it. Um, but also, it's like, it's already seven but bucks. Like, I already see that as a really good deal. Yeah, that's also fair. That's that's the fair mm. point. I think that's the main... When you made that point, I was like, ah, oh, well, damn. Yeah, he's right. Um, because also, it's like, you know, it's Disney. And as much as I don't like supporting huge conglomerates and that whole you know, trend in our economy because they are a huge conglomerate and have control of ESPN. And I don't know if they own Hulu or not. I know they, I don't remember if they're a majority um, owner of Hulu or if they're the full owner. So that explains why they have that package deal. Um, You know, and them owning so many like franchises and companies and whatnot, you're kind of almost guaranteed good content. (laughs) Like, yeah. So Daniel, just want to be transparent here. They, they own this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we're all saying we're going to get by it because we're being paid by Disney. (laughs) <laughs> to say to right. say that to be very clear to be transparent i'll see myself out uh, <laughs> or, i'm joking obviously just to not take your podcast immediately in the first episode <laughs> i'm not gonna listen to this Crash corporate podcast <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah the point being um you know despite that trend i don't like the fact that they own like everything, right? That, that, that kind of guarantees it'll be a good content, I mean, right? Is that a oh, absolutely. Assumption? Considering they have Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, the teams that have already worked on Disney have made classics for like over a century now. Right. Like it's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, it's been three centuries actually. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It's, it's just, it just seems like a no-brainer. This is going to be a great service. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Marvel and Star Wars—that's insanity. <laughs> That is insanity. Oh, my God. It reminds me of... uh, Okay, sorry. Quick segue. Have you all seen um, on Parks and Rec when Patton Oswalt is playing a guy who's like student... Or student. Citizen filibustering? And he... he, um, he improvs a whole bit. This is before episode seven of Star Wars came out. And he improvs a whole bit about how the Marvel Universe and Star Wars cross over because of like the Infinity Gauntlet. And he's just sitting there filibustering saying ridiculous stuff it's great that was a really funny it's episode. fantastic anyway it's so good there's he's a good amazing. like behind the scenes um, clip of that where like people literally applaud him afterwards like that was incredible yeah 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 yeah. like he just kept going and they don't they put only like a third of what he said in the show uh anyway yeah funny so i haven't seen that episode but i'll make sure i'll put it in the show notes there you okay go. so the only part that seems a little strange to me you know in terms of you know, me just thinking from like an economic perspective, I'm trying to think about how much I can lower my monthly cost. Well, if I pay for three years up front, you know, my son, you know, I have a young child today, he's still going to watch Disney Plus in three years. And, you know, it's quite possible that I'm kind of uh, fending off any type of rate increase by purchasing it, you know, in bulk all up front, where, you know, it, it could be possible that Disney has some type of increase in year two or year three uh, prior to this, uh, this, package expiring especially nice. given the fact that you can download content yeah. have multiple profiles That's killer yeah i mean downloading is is pretty big i mean for especially those who would like commute um not via car i have a friend who was watching we went to a bachelor party a few months ago and i have a friend who drove from nebraska to texas for it and said that he was watching netflix in his car while driving and we were like <laughs> whoa 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 everyone was like it was like record scratch, and we were like, what? <laughs> don't do that. So my point with, that I was going to make was, uh, well, first off, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> don't ever watch stuff while driving. Please stop. Um, cause of accident Netflix while driving. Facepalm. Like, Jesus. <laughs> he, he was justifying it like, oh, it's in the middle of Nebraska. It's a two-lane road. There's no one. It's nothing there. I'm just going to hit an animal if I hit anything. <laughs> I'm only endangering myself. Oh, we're like, Anthony, please If you please hit stop. a cow, you're done. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's game yeah. over for you, son. Like that's that's a wrap. <laughs> uh, so yeah, first and foremost, Anthony, I'm gonna make you listen to this episode just for this. Second off, um, uh, yes, yeah, for commuting, the downloading feature is huge. You know, for those of us who are not driving, um, 
it's a it's a great way to pass the commute. Uh, I mean, that's one of the, my favorite things about Netflix. On um, God, Amazon Prime Video, which I constantly forget about. I was watching like Vikings once. I remember downloading it and watching that show. They got great content um, on Amazon Prime Video. I know, and I never take advantage of it. I need to. I need to. I'm over here paying for Prime and not taking advantage it's of that. It's also like the a only streaming service of Mr. Robot, which is a super underrated show, and everyone needs to watch it. It is an underrated show. I haven't seen past the end of season. Uh, I, I think I saw like the middle of season two, and then for some oh, reason dude, I stopped. Season three anyway. is a masterpiece. You got to check it out. Ooh. And season four is okay. right around the corner. October sixth. Yeah. Is it? I didn't realize it was on, yeah, it's Amazon. on Amazon Prime. Yeah, you got to do season three is spectacular. What? Didn't it start elsewhere? It's so good. Uh, it started on a uh, uh, USA Networks. Yeah, USA does it, which is so weird. Yeah, I think it does that's who like started the show in any way. At least when I think, I think of like Psych and yeah. Monk when I think of a USA show, at least. So the only thing that makes me stop and give me pause with purchasing Disney Plus that it seems a little strange that they're offering it right before Apple's announcement. You know, it's like two weeks away, and with a discount. So I mean, like presumably, very few people are going to be able to or not be able to, but want to purchase. Apple TV Plus at $9.99 a month, which is the current rumor. So maybe it's just, you know, this sounds like ridiculous pricing, but one of the things that we could see is in order for Apple to overcome this, that they are going to go ahead and give away or include, you know, Apple TV Plus when you purchase another premium service like either HBO or maybe even Disney. And I think Disney makes the most sense given Apple's oh, relationship with Disney. Uh, some sort of bundle you're saying. Well, Disney and Apple are very closely mm. related. They are. I mean, Steve Jobs was on the board yep. of Disney for a while. Yeah. Yeah, that and, you know, Bob Iger is on the board of Apple. Oh, yep. So, yes, there's there's a close – it's like the the corporate mafia of sorts. <laughs> the corporate overlords. That's right. Um, yeah, we got to speak softly. Gonna... I mean, they're paying for this podcast. They're we got to speak us. really softly. <laughs> <laughs> sorry sir uh yeah 999 doesn't make like don't me wrong i think the morning show looks really good but they're only gonna have like a handful of shows at launch it's not like netflix Their or HBO where there's a lot of other good. stuff that you're getting besides just the specific uh you know hbo or specific, blah what am i saying words, words. yeah i lost my train of thought midway through saying it but i think with, i think i got my point now so like we're not on tequila. We're not that drunk. <laughs> it's, I feel like it's going to be just the Apple content, whereas with HBO, Netflix, Hulu, everything else, you get like their premium exclusive stuff, but you also get a whole other catalog of content as well. And I don't know if mm. Apple's going to offer that. I don't, I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, but also, their shows are really expensive. I mean, did, did you guys hear how much The Morning Show cost? It costs more no. per episode than Game of Thrones in its final season did. Yeah, what the it's hell? probably because they're paying for these really high-profile people like Jennifer Aniston, you know, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell, uh, having directors like whoa, whoa, Steven whoa, whoa, Spielberg. High-profile Jennifer Aniston. She what? she gets a lot of money per episode. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. She gets a ton of money per episode. Uh, it costs them like fifteen million dollars per episode. And I bet it's because the actors. Do you really think the morning show like is going to cost that much to make without those actors? Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's it seems ludicrous to me. But this is like a goal of theirs: is they got up there and said, "We want to work with the best people." That's costing them money. Right, right. I mean, the, I think they had a. I don't want to say it's comparable, but maybe somewhat similar with, um, you know, the Apple Music and the the Beats Radio One thing. Yeah, um, where they had a lot of like famous DJs on there. They still do. Uh, I don't know if it's to the same degree as when they launched, but they also had like, you remember when Drake came out on the, the Apple stage to announce Apple music? And it the was most like awkward thing. Ever. Kind of. Yeah. It was like a mix of like the coolest and most awkward thing in the world. Cause like the jacket that he was wearing was like a vintage Apple jacket. And then after he appeared, it went like, it started selling for like thousands of dollars, but it was also like the most awkward Drake speech in the world. Um, like, hi, I don't actually believe this, it but might Apple have been... just gave me a lot of money, so you should get Apple music. Right. <laughs> Yo, I have an iPhone, and they're cutting me a deal, so please listen. Uh... They're going to give me a gold <laughs> Apple Watch when it comes out, free of charge. That's why I'm doing this. Because <laughs> you got a gold um, link bracelet, too. They never even released that. Dang. This guy. This guy. 
but yeah, I don't know. It, it seems kind of like that to me. And, um, I, do, I live in, we are a, you know, as like privacy minded as I am becoming now, we are a Chromecast household. So this is, um, not going to be in my house for a while <laughs> if it's going to be, uh, yeah, I don't, it looks, it looks good though. Wait, wait. So you're privacy minded and you have a Chromecast. Those things do not intersect. No, no, the, the opposite. I was, I'm, I'm recently becoming more privacy minded, and like, despite that, we are still a Chromecast household. I, it's funny. Yeah, I, I've recently, I know, I've recently started becoming privacy minded, and I'm like, look, I like having this Google Home, but also, yeah, I switched over all Apple because of my concerns of privacy, really specifically with Google. I still have a Google Mini uh, Home Mini in my room, and I'm like, oh, I gotta get rid of this. <laughs> I gotta get rid of it. It's it's it kind is, of hard to. They're already – they've got the foot mm-hmm. in the door, man. They're there. But yeah, so um, uh, yeah, I, I, at some point I might get an Apple TV, uh, but Chromecast is sufficing for now for the most part. Yeah. Well, you won't need an Apple TV to access the services, which is nice because Apple TV is expensive. Right. So if, if not, then what? You watch it on your iPhone yeah, or your Mac, iPad or whatever? IPhone, iPad, yeah. So any other Apple device? Gotcha. Well, I can't put it on my TV though. That's the can't main thing. can't put it on an Apple Watch. Nope. You can't put it on an Apple Watch. Watch me try. <laughs> so not that everyone is in the situation, but we recently bought a new TV and that TV allows you, uh, so it has uh, AirPlay built into it. So you can uh, go ahead and then send content to that uh, natively without having yeah, it has like an Apple TV too, right? you know, puck or Apple TV box. Interesting. Interesting. I like that. So not that everyone is in this situation, but we were able to buy a new TV. And when the TV that we bought, one of the things that we were looking for was that the TV itself was able to function as an AirPlay destination. So you can go ahead and send content to the TV without necessarily yeah. having the Apple TV puck. That sounds great. I have a really old 1080p TV. Eventually we'll upgrade. Uh, I will look for those those features when we do. Yeah, that'll be everywhere eventually, I'm sure. Yeah. Let's hope so. But yeah, I don't know. It looks it, like the shows look great. Uh, the Planet of the Apps looks kind of ridiculous. I'm not. Oh, that a fan. I watched the first like, two um, episodes of that show. Oh man, what garbage! Yeah, there's. Are they still I, making? No, they just they, 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 they say it. no. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. They also had they a trailer thought. for like, um, the Emily Dickinson show. I just think it looks really kind of strange. It's like Emily Dickinson, but with like yeah, I saw that. Like hip hop and like modern music, and I'm like, ah, this doesn't gel with me. You know what? It, you know what it reminded me of? If you if y'all have. Um, watched anything on HBO and gotten the ads for Euphoria, it reminded me of like Emily Dixon and Cross with Euphoria. I'm like, what are they doing? <laughs> this is really weird. Uh, it is a really good show. Really? It looks ridiculous. I guess, I guess I'll watch it if you say it's good. Yeah. It's just so strange. The perspective that Zendaya brings to, uh, you know, the character, not, I don't want to ruin it for you, but she's basically like a junior in high school and she's a recovering drug addict. It, it's, it's good. Not the not the drug ag part, but the, the show. <laughs> you went into like full dad PSA mode. <laughs> <laughs> Emily Dickinson, though. Uh, do you think she's a yeah? I mean, like Tupac I'm Pac girl. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, considering the accent, probably too too pack. <laughs> anyway. I'm not going to pretend to do an English accent. Have either of you listened to the soundtrack or had the opportunity to see Hamilton? No, I'd, I'd like to, but I haven't seen it. No, I listen to soundtrack, yeah. That is really what came to mind when you described the show as being kind of set against the backdrop of hip-hop. It's more like the way that Euphoria plays in music in their trailer. Like, it was kind of like that, which is kind of off-putting for like a uh, historical okay. figure. You're like, what? This is odd. They're also like dancing to the music, I don't too. Know. And like... Yeah. I don't know. It, it the the it might just be the trailer that's off putting, but it was I was like, what is this? This is weird. I'm all for like making a series about Emily Dickinson, but that I don't know that that creative choice was odd. I don't know. And you know, just to bring you know our boy Drizzy Drake back <laughs> in the conversation, Drake is one of the producers for Euphoria. Okay. Oh, look at that! Of course he is. <laughs> that that Degrassi guy. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Stop the press. He was on Degrassi High. Yeah, dude, he was the guy in the wheelchair in Degrassi. That's how he got famous. I totally hey, did not Drake. know that. Yeah, yeah, that's how Drake got famous was Degrassi. I had no idea. That's hilarious. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I need to like look this up. Like, I, like my brain's breaking right now. Like that is. 
No, you didn't know I, that? I, I didn't that's know how he. That's. I also I. That's I don't listen to fame. Drake. Nothing against Drake. I, just, I listen to oh, house music. Enough. That's my thing. So like a, a lot of things in like music world, I just don't know. Yeah. So yeah, dude was under Grassi. Um, that's kind of how he got. Uh, that's how oh, he I got in. Didn't know that he was. He's Canadian. Didn't know that either. He's he's very Canadian. He reps Toronto hard. Oh shit! Like yeah, the past uh, the past finals of the NBA, he was he was freaking out on the sidelines. Drake gained recognition as an actor on the teen drama television series Degrassi: The Next Generation, early two thousands. That's on Wikipedia. Wow! I think you have an episode title, Degrassi. There it is. <laughs> there you go. That's gonna be it. It's either Six Degrees of Drake or Degrassi. That's right. <laughs> so unless there's anything else to add, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Cool. I have nothing to add. Great. Thanks very much, Daniel Holden. Daniel, where can everyone find you at? Cool. So, uh, yeah, I do a podcast called Tech Kila, where I've had Mike Caputo on before. I've had Holden Departo on before. Uh, I've had many a smart folk on before. We talk about many a topic. Um, we try to talk about the... Uh, what's happening in tech and how it intersects with people's lives. Um, and we take a shot of tequila every 10 minutes. Uh, so yeah, just look up the podcast. You can find me there. Uh, and then hold and go. I am Holden Zapardo. I am on a podcast called Respawn and Fire, which is a video game news and discussion podcast. With my best friend, Chad. And we also do another show called Affable Idiots, which is just kind of like general discussion. We'll talk about literally whatever. We've ranked fast food restaurants. We've discussed the Democratic primaries. We've <laughs> anything. <laughs> um, and I'm at Twitter at Holden Departo as well. Great. Thank you very much, Daniel and Holden. Really appreciate you guys coming on today. So that is going to be a wrap for the very first episode of Networked. I am your host, Mike Caputo. Let us know if you have any questions or comments. Either leave a comment on iTunes. You can go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at Networked FM. I am Mike Caputo, and I am at Caputo on Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and I will talk to you in the next one.